Good morning. It's Saturday, February the 3rd. In the year of our Lord, 2024, I'm John David Walt, and this is your wake-up call. And you know what Saturday means. It means we have a Holy Spirit story. And I'm so glad that I'm sharing another one of my Holy Spirit stories. It's called How My New Wineskin Journey of Fasting Began. But before I even go there, guys, how about Anna Grace Legband? Is she the best? I'm so appreciating what she's doing on the wake-up call, and we're just getting really wonderful feedback on that and appreciate your encouragement to her, and she's she's really a blessing. I'll, I'll say more about her when we're done here. So here we go. Our text, as is the case every Saturday, is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. As a postscript on the recent series of prayer and fasting, I wanted to add this personal story of how my life was changed by the Asbury outpouring. The history-making encounter with Jesus in February 2024 in Wilmore, Kentucky. It launched me into this new prayer and fasting journey I've tried to bear witness to in this series. Here's the back story. If you listen, which you're listening, you can hear it in my own voice. <laughs> As though you're not tired of my own voice by now. On February the 8th of last year, 2023, an extraordinary happening unfolded in Wilmore, Kentucky, on the campus of Asbury University. A regular and quite ordinary chapel service ended at 11 a.m. that day. Around 19 students lingered behind in prayer. Not unusual. Within hours, a steady stream of students began spontaneously returning to the chapel. Within days, the chapel was filled to capacity with a line outside stretching around the block. Sixteen days later, well over 50,000 people from all 50 states and dozens of countries around the world, including groups from hundreds of colleges and universities across America, had all come to what came to be known as the Asbury Outpouring. None of it was planned, orchestrated, or organized by the school or anyone else. And parenthetically here, I'll, I'll note, I want you to see the P.S. in today's email for an important update concerning Seedbed's ongoing work with this Asbury outpouring. Leaders at the university 
reached out to Seedbed for support. We made a beeline to Wilmore. It was truly one of the most extraordinary things I have ever been a part of. Upon entering the celebrated Hughes Auditorium, you could sense the palpable presence of God. I had been there a hundred times before, but never like this. Compelled to respond to what Jesus was doing, I went straight to the altar. A few minutes later, I felt a hand on my back and a man began to pray for me. It was Gary Lederbach, the author of last week's Holy Spirit story. After some time at the altar, I sensed the word of the Lord to me. It was simple, brief, and clear. I want you to fast. So I stopped eating. All Jesus had been teaching me for the past couple of years came into play. All the mechanics of what I consider to be old wineskin fasting were out the window. I was not skipping this meal or the next one. This wasn't a period of hours or days. It wasn't even about not eating. It was about carrying hunger in my physical body in a way empowering me to lean into the deep attunement of my inmost being to the Spirit of Jesus. Those days became filled with the food I had not known about before, the food of doing the will of God, of receiving and imparting the inbreaking kingdom of heaven. I, along with many others, participated in miraculous works, in the ministry of deliverance, in the sharing of knowledge, wisdom, and prophecy, and in the travail of discerning and birthing a move of God into the world. And we were able to do it in an almost hidden way, unknown and largely unseen. People have asked me through this wake-up call series, what does this kind of fasting I am describing practically look like? Allow me to describe it. For starters, I was delivered from the legalism of fasting as eating or not eating and lifted into the life of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. To be sure, I did eat food during those 16 days, but it wasn't about food. It became about simple sustenance, a handful of cashews here, a piece of fruit there, and a steady flow of water. The team who lightly guided the outpouring from behind the scenes often met during mealtimes. To keep my fasting secret, which I think Jesus expects, I would take a small plate of food and slowly eat only a few bites. In short, I have learned to eat in a way that all at once gives sustenance and yet preserves hunger. For almost a year now, this has become my way of life. It is changing me. I have had many feasts along the way, too, and I find I enjoy them a whole lot more than before. 
Through the process, I have realized how much I depended on food to do far more than food was ever designed to do. Which leads me to share one more facet to this conversation. Some of you will remember my post back in April of last year titled, On the Law, the Gospel, and the Religion of Weight Loss. It's linked in today's post. In that post, I publicly confessed my obesity, disclosed my weight, decried all diets and weight loss programs, noting that I had tried them all, and eventually failed every single time. Can I tell you a joyful, unintended consequence of my fasting journey? Since those days in Wilmore last February, I've lost 25 pounds without trying to lose weight at all. Every day in the wake-up call, we consecrate our bodies as a living sacrifice. As I reflect on it, I have simply sought the kingdom and his righteousness with my body through fasting. Remember how that text says, and all these things will be added to you. I believe weight loss has been one of these things. Praise God. I have been delivered from obesity. I have a different relationship with food because I have a new relationship with hunger, all of which has led me to a deeper and ever-deepening relationship with Jesus. Food is no longer my comfort, making way for the Holy Spirit to be my comforter. Best of all, I'm learning to abide in Jesus in love for others like never before and thereby witness the beyond-imagining work of God according to His power that is at work within me. I know weight and weight loss is a sensitive subject for so many, and I pray this sharing today has not caused offense or worse, triggered trauma or shame reflexes. I do not mean to impose my learning and practice on anyone as prescriptive. Please receive it as descriptive of my experience. If it is helpful, good. If it is not helpful, discard it. The Prayer Father, thank you for this story of what you have done and are doing in and through my own life. I pray it is of encouragement to many. And for any who feel discouragement, I pray they will take from this only what you intend and discard the rest. We can say that our bodies, our physical bodies, belong to you. We want them to be consecrated in ever-deepening and practical ways. Holy Spirit, would you fill this temple of my body today, just as I am, and then lead me to release all that holds my body back from wellness. Lead and train me to seek the kingdom of God 
with and in my physical body. Glory to you in advance. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. And the question, any developments in your fasting and prayer journey coming out of our series this past month? I would love to know. And today, for our hymn, we're going to sing our Saturday song. You know it by heart by now. It's Sanctuary. We'll sing it through a couple of times. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Now, I've got a, a P.S. I'll just share it. I referenced it earlier. But this is an update on Seedbed's ongoing response to the Asbury outpouring. As noted earlier, our seedbed farm team was blessed to serve the Asbury outpouring last February. We have done considerable reflection and learning from all we observed and participated in. I am pleased to share we will be releasing a new resource we are calling the Awakening Library, releasing February the 29th, 2024. We interviewed scores of people who participated in the outpouring with an eye toward gleaning the wisdom the Spirit deposited through those historic days. The resource will consist of a series of high-quality short films as well as short booklets. And with gratitude to generous members of our seed team, also known as our donors, we are able to offer these resources in their digital format at no charge. Please go to awakeninglibrary.com and register to be notified as soon as they become available. And that link is in today's email in the PS. I hope that you'll go there. Guys, this material is rich and it's fresh. There was so much that we learned and so many, I don't know, I feel like there were gentle and yet very bold corrections to how we think about church, how we do church, maybe even what church is. So check that out. And um, yeah, it's Saturday. And back on Anna Grace, I just really appreciate her walking us these next couple of weeks through 
Isaiah 55. What a beautiful start we're off to there. And uh, Anna Grace is a member of our farm team. She gives direction and leadership to our events and experiences, which includes our New Room Conference. And then our upcoming, we got a, our first ever New Room Leader Gathering at the end of February out in North Carolina. If you want to just go to newroomconference.com, you can get to the New Room Leader Gathering from there. Love you guys to come. It will be so good. Um, it'll be a smaller event, probably a little more intimate than, you know, the two or 3,000 at New Room Conference. It'll be four or 500. And there are various dimensions of leadership from prayer leaders to pastors to worship leaders to student and young adult leaders. So even a marketplace kind of business person's track will be included there. And we've still got some room left if you want to sign up for that. Anyway, I was saying that Sayana Grace is is helping give leadership direction to that. She is a just a, a wonderful young woman of God. I think she must be 26, 27 years old. She's a recent graduate of Asbury Theological Seminary. She's married to Brandon. And um, they're just... To us, the bee's knees. Okay, we love them. Anyway, I thank her. And I'll be back. I'm going to be, I don't know, if you call it a sabbatical, I'll be working for sure. If you want to kind of track with me a little bit here in Gillette, come to jdwalt.com. We'll be doing some fun stuff here and putting some updates out. We might even have a Vesper service here and there in the prayer room. But let's call it a Saturday, at least at the start here, as we step up to the fields with our seeds in our hands, ready to sow for a great awakening. And I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.